0: Welcome to the latest episode of Your Wealth with Gemma Dale, a podcast series designed to help you create, grow and protect your wealth. Hi, I'm Gemma Dale, NAB Trade's Director of SMSF and Investor Behaviour. We recently brought you our most popular podcast ever, which featured an investor who'd chosen to leave the paid workforce and become a full-time investor, which really excited a lot of people and we got some amazing feedback. One of the most common pieces of feedback though was how much people wished they could take the same path. Investing is as much a psychological game as it is about maths and markets. And for many investors, making the right decision is not about lack of knowledge or lack of information. Today, I'm joined by Louise Bedford, the bestselling author of five books on the share market and the founder of the Chalking Trading Podcast, who helps investors who want to be mentored in their pursuit of greater success with their investments. To talk about the psychology of investing, Louise, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Oh, it's great to be here, Gemma. I'm more used to interviewing people on my podcast, talking trading, than being interviewed. So this will be heaps of
0: fun. <laughs> it's a, well, this issue about people being sort of psychologically intimidated or challenged by the process of investing, I understand it as well as the next person. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of risk in putting your money on the line and people do find it really challenging. What do you find is the biggest hurdle for investors when it comes to getting started or just taking that next step?
1: I think number one is believing that they can do it. You know we're brought up with so many images about the trading floor and people yelling buy and sell and some of the even some of the ads that we've seen and it can seem very intimidating and somewhat terrifying. So really I think to break things down into the very basic building blocks. What's the smallest piece that you can act on today and that is the key. Break it all down, make it very simple for yourself I think really we are all struggling with our own mindset and with the markets often we are beginning as an extra not usually our main line usually we have a job and we're trading on the side so that can get pushed down the priority list so unless you have high self-belief and you know your objectives as to why you're trading then unfortunately things can get left behind
0: I do think that's incredibly interesting. You make the point that it's, it's an additional decision for people in complex lives, and sometimes that additional decision can be really hard. Completely really hard. Mm. Too, right? <laughs> you go, I've got a thousand things to do this week. Maybe I'll do
1: investing next week. Mm, mm. And it can be one of those things where time can work against us, where we think next year we'll do this, or mm. perhaps the year after, after we've got the kids out of school, after they've finished uni, after I've retired. Oh, my gosh, time has really ticked on now, hasn't it? So I think mm. the thing is we don't have to conquer it all at once. We can take it step by step. And a lot of the time we can get very scared about what being a trader can be and what it looks like. And fear will suffocate you, but action Mm. can liberate you. So if you just take little action steps, put on that next trade, take your next step, leap before you're ready. Because motion every time beats meditation. Every single time. So taking those little micro steps can make a huge difference.
0: So what do you find is the question that you get asked most frequently when it comes to people? So there is this question about just getting started in the first place, which is one of the, one of the most challenging ones for people. But then also people who want to improve their trading performance, what's the question they ask you most frequently?
1: How? How do I do this? How do I do that? How? Really what they should be asking is why? You know, the key to this business is to work as hard on yourself as you do on your own trading plan. If you can get really clear about why you're trading, then the what and the how will look after itself. You know, so many of my traders, because I'm running a trading game mentor program, so many of my traders, the first time that they really get excited about trading is when their back is to the wall. Either they've had a retrenchment or they've had some sort of health issue, or maybe all of a sudden they've had some sort of asset reallocation program, also known as a divorce. <laughs> so... They- <laughs> so they have yep. to take yep, control yeah for sure mm-hmm. you know have your assets and see how you feel then you know so mm-hmm. I do think that sometimes when our back is to the wall that is when clarity can be derived but the difficulty with that is you're often in so much of a panic that you can't think clearly. And I get Mm. that, you know, when I first left my job, I had a real job uh, back in the mid nineties. I had to leave my job because I had a health problem. I ended up not being able to move my hands and arms for about three years. And I was a full-time trader from that moment. It was literally walk out of a corporate job into, Hey, now what am I? I'm a full-time trader for a a clutch at an identity so that I still had some Mm. meaning and so that I could still earn. So if you can work out why you are keen on being a trader everything else will fall into place you'll find the right mentors you'll find the people who have the knowledge to help you you'll instantly find the right books because you'll know what you're looking for that i think is something that a lot of people miss out on
0: i think you make a really interesting point that issue where people are in a really a dire situation and they can't they don't have that fallback option of mm. as you say a corporate career or an income from another source uh if that also is often the period when people make terrible decisions because they're really stressed and they they're looking for any kind of solution how you know how do people ensure that they're looking in the right place for guidance because you know I, if i could talk about my background it's often the scenario where people go to a property spooker or, you know, quite extreme uh, you know, trading Bitcoin, for example, when they mm. never, they don't know what cryptocurrencies are. You know, mm. this sort of this scenario factor. where mm. they're, they're really looking for a silver bullet, for want of a better term, and... If someone has a really sexy marketing campaign and proposes something that looks fabulous and will solve all their problems, people go there because they're in distress, they or they you know they, they can't see an alternative. How do you suggest people assess things rationally in a scenario where they might not be rational?
1: Yes, look, there is a saying, and I love this saying. It's a, it, the saying is scared money never wins. Now, yeah, the, right. Yeah, yeah, mm. the key is to be detached from your results and the profits will flow naturally into your account and that is something that I think is difficult when you're in a dire situation. But let's go back to your thoughts about how do we check the credibility of your trading mentor because that is so mm-hmm. important. First mm, or any investment advisor of any sort really. Exactly. Know. I'm just used to trading. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Step one, it has to be longevity. Because unless people have seen in a mentor position the peaks and the troughs, unless they have mm. been able to make money regardless of market conditions, you really You can't go to somebody with two minutes of experience and expect to have a good outcome. Then also have a look to see how are they respected in their industry? Have they written books? Are they published? Do they have podcast appearances? Find out other sources that they have been recognised from rather than their own mouth, their their own marketing. Mm. (laughs) Sure, they Mm. can make themselves sound fantastic, but you're not after that. You're after external validation. And also, ask to see whether they have audited results. Now, I know in some arenas that is a very difficult ask, but personally, I've been audited and I put my results on my website. And the statement that comes up from the audit auditor after having a look through 350 trading plans and trades of my traders so 350 of my clients is they make money in all market conditions whether it's going up down or sideways now that is absolutely external validation you can't bluff an audit and then also Look to see who they have trained, who has been successful in the past. Do they have not just testimonials that are written, because certainly, you know, that is one level, but also look for video testimonials. Find out if you can talk to somebody who has actually used their service. Get an idea about that complete picture before you jump in. I mean, a lot of the time we are looking for a shortcut and the market Mm. makes us want that shortcut. We get that greed Mm. and fear thing going on and we're thinking, oh my gosh, we have to do it now, now, now. I just urge all of your listeners to take some time, take a step back, make sure who they are learning from has the credibility to be able to keep on that track. You know for my own situation I tell my traders because I run a mentor program I will keep working for you for free until you hit your goals because it's a repeat for free course. Now if you've got somebody who's willing to stand behind themselves to that extent that's what you're after because it means their hearts in it it's not just you know for their own personal hip pocket their heart is in it they want to see their people do well and I hope your people can find people like that.
0: Yeah, it's a really interesting point. I think also you were saying, you yeah, know, we're all looking for a shortcut. So going into this understanding that you've got to have realistic expectations about what's possible. Uh, so, you know, the best fund managers in the world are not particularly fantastic at beating the market all the time. So what's a realistic outcome that you can hope for? You know, markets do go up over the long term, Uh you know, you're investing in long-term assets so you want to ensure that you are going to benefit from that but you don't want to go in there thinking you can double your money every year because that's not realistic. Correct. So you're looking for someone who can give you sort of a realistic expectation of what longer-term benefits look like.
1: Mm, completely. If you look at... Um the results of many of the market wizards now i've got the results of bill eckhart bill eckhart is one of the best traders in the world and he doesn't even average 60% a year now that is truth that is realistic so if you've got somebody saying that you know always you're going to be able to double your money every year of course you're going to own enough earn enough money out of the markets to own Provence in a week you know all of this is just unrealistic drivel and you have to stay away from those types of people not only will they sour your trading account but they'll sour your mindset and that is the key here you have to be so mature and so responsible as a trader as an investor so that you can actually influence the entire trajectory of your life and your family's life. That is not a fly-by-night decision. That is not saying, hey, idea of the minute. (laughs) This is what we're going to follow. You have to have that very sure-of-yourself, bulletproof trading plan in order to achieve in this business.
0: I think your point about a plan is absolutely essential. You know, if you're looking for the next stock tip, um, you know, the thing that's going to double, um, even if you get that right, which is never guaranteed, what comes next, right? That's not a plan. Mm. <laughs> yeah, one idea is not a plan, so how do you put a plan together? Um, so, when you talk about people who become traders, the sorts of people that you're talking about, the sorts of people you work with, what sort of time dedication are you talking? Mm, Yes. So what what are they investing personally? Not just money, but, you know, are we talking 10 hours a week? Are we talking 40 hours a week? Are we talking one hour a week? What does a plan look like for those sorts of people? Yeah.
1: Look, I think we have to separate the education aspect from the Mm. actual trading aspect, okay? Yeah, from the reality of the... Yeah, so, Mm. you know, there's one thing putting on your trades. That's actually extremely fast. So once you know what you're doing, it's literally opening a platform, putting on your position, making sure your stop loss is in place and then monitoring Mm. that from time to time, probably once a week for the majority of your traders. But then the education aspect is another matter. So I always suggest that it's going to take you probably around three to five years. If you don't educate yourself, if you don't read books, if you don't go to functions, if you don't find a mentor, you're probably looking at around the 10 year mark. So by focusing your efforts so that you absolutely pick the juice out of this and this is the thing that you're heading for because these people have influenced you to show you the direction and the path to follow, you're probably cutting your learning curve in half. So the type of education that you're after, you'd be reading books, you'd be listening because podcasts how good are they oh my gosh (laughs) so listening (laughs) no we're completely biased about that you'll be dealing with people who can guide you hopefully in an education course that you can complete online as well as face to face and Mm. if you spend a very focused immersion time of roughly six months focused one hour a day then you are going to come out of there a champion. You'll be amazed what a little bit of focus can do to be able to create that lifestyle that you want. You want, not your neighbor, not your mother, the lifestyle that you want. You know, my lifestyle, because I'm a trader, I'm a full-time trader, this is what I do. I cannot get over how different it is compared to if I had have stayed at my corporate job. That before and after is immense. So there is hope. There is something there waiting around the corner, but you have to piece it together to get the absolute fastest way to be able to immerse yourself and get that information so you can implement it.
0: I think your point about education is absolutely excellent. You know, this is, it's not a world for the unwary, right? It's so complex. Mm. There's a lot of people involved here, you know, making complex decisions. and, And if you are, Completely uneducated or going in, as I said, just hoping for the best, then you might find it rather more challenging mm. it, and the time frames you gave are really interesting too, so three to five years to educate yourself, you know, assuming you are surrounded by all the best quality information, you'll get through the better part of a business cycle, and you'll also definitely in that time frame see some some market downturns, which is really healthy for people if you've not seen them um and Australia is such an interesting example where. the vast majority of the workforce have actually never seen a recession. That's so (laughs) true. You've got a lot of people who have not experienced what... Uh, what an economic downturn looks like. Obviously, anyone who was invested in 2008, 2009 knows what a, what a market downturn looks like. Mm. We, we know how that feels. Uh, but you know, that point about being around through the different periods in the cycle is really important. So you get a feel for what that's like and you understand, you were talking about the psychology of it, you understand from a psychological perspective what that's going to do to you. Mm. Uh, so a lot of people feel like they know how to ride out volatility, we also know from all the research that people who say they can cope with a 20% loss in many cases have no ability to ride that out. That's Emotionally, right. that is far too much. them. So they say they're fine with it, and then the second it happens, they sell. Yes. Um, it's the, you know, the shocking statistic is that the day that most people sold CBA of any day in history was in 2009, yes. just before the market turned around. Yeah. Um, so they sold at the absolute bottom. So do you help people who've not experienced that yet get a feel for what it must be like and test them pretty hard to ensure that they know how they're going to be able to handle themselves as well as their trades.
1: Mm. This this is a really good question. Actually, I'm not sure if you're familiar, there's a method called the pre-mortem method, which I mm. do take my traders through. It's brilliant. What you do is you assume, it sounds like it's going to be negative but I, I guarantee you it will pick up from here. You take your, your traders through or you take yourself through a scenario where you're one year into that project let's say you've become a full-time trader you've given away your job and now it's you and your computer and a year later you realize it's been a terrible mess You've done everything wrong. You have lost a lot of money. Your neighbors laugh at you as soon as you come out the door. Even the dog cringes. He doesn't (laughs) want to go for a walk with you. It's so shameful. There you are, a full-time trader, and you've lost lost so much, okay? So you take yourself Mm. through that mind view where you are in the worst possible situation. And then you ask yourself, what went wrong? Now, I guarantee you, if that was the end result... I guarantee you that you don't have a good effective trading plan. A trading plan that covers your entry, your exit and your position sizing. A trading plan that tells you when to stop because you're quite right, Mm. that whole idea about a drawdown and people freaking out. The mathematics behind it is if you lose 25% of your money, you need to make 33.3% back to be able to Mm. break even. It's Mm -hmm. so cruel, that mathematical part. So I Mm. do think that the majority of people who blow this, they firstly have an inflated ego and an inflated view of their own importance and their own abilities. And secondly, they're not working to a written trading plan that can really help them discern the reality rather than the fantasy.
0: It's sort of back to that point about realistic expectations, but sometimes certainly coming from uh, a more macro world, people, fund managers and so on, talking about the market rather than individual fluctuations within it. This idea that you know, you probably get an 8% return, you get a 4% yield, you get a 4% growth over time you know, is very simple mathematically and it assumes a straight line. Mm. Which is absolutely nothing like what. Correct. Experiences there's in no reality. way it's you're not going, going to, to do that for it you. Doesn't work like that. We've just mm. made new highs from pre-GFC. Mm. Uh, that was what we we're talking eleven years ago. Now, um, you know, this straight line is is such a simple way of explaining things for people, and we use it to manage expectations. So it's important. There's point to it, but it's not how you're going to experience this. And it, you, you know, you talk about people leaving the workforce to become full-time traders. There's As much as they're also the full-time retirees where you've left the workforce, it's very unlikely you're going to go back to the workforce. Mm. So maybe if you're 35 and you become a full-time trader, you could go back to the workforce. But if you're 70, you probably can't. So that anxiety kicks in. This is right up uh, there with oxygen. Really hard to hold the line.
1: Yeah, trading is so important. I don't think it's something you should trivialise, and I do think it's something that people underestimate when they start. They think, "Oh, Mm. how hard can this be?" Mm -hmm. (laughs) But there are aspects to this that are incredibly hard. You know, the markets are like a mirror. You sometimes won't like what is reflected back.
0: It's, yeah, I tend to see my pessimistic side come back, yeah. <laughs> come back at me from the markets regularly. Um, so one of the we talk both of the actions that people can take and the steps they can take. So one of the really obvious ones that you've mentioned is education and ensuring that you validate the sources of your information really carefully before you get started, which I think is incredibly important uh you know it's a crowded market now people talking about trading and talking about investing in so much information Mm. um ensuring that you can filter that to find credible sources and and ensure that you're on the right track before you get started
1: well this is number Um, one your podcast i mean this is definitely a credible source with an excellent reputation and the people that you have online it's amazing Gemma. you have got one incredible black book I love it
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh you're very kind you're very kind um, it's fun I love doing it and it, uh, it helps me as much as anybody else maybe it's a uh, it's a personal project <laughs> yeah but um, so if we talk about the next steps so though the little actions people can take I have a colleague who says that the single most important decision you make is investing and then every in decision after that is sort of incrementally less important or will deliver less value for you but I think that's a an excellent way of starting, right? Just Definitely. the decision to invest, getting some money on the line is is the most important decision, and then what you do subsequently will will determine your trajectory, I guess, more than anything else. So what are the little actions that you suggest people start with?
1: Firstly, read Trading Secrets and Charting Secrets. They're written by a very reputable author. Hmm. <laughs> <be. laughs> Trading Secrets and Charting Secrets, they are definitely the place to start. And then merge out into other books like The Art of Trading by Chris Tate, Stan Weinstein's Secrets for Profiting in Bull and Bear Markets, Nicholas Darvis' How I Made $2 Million on the Stock Market. Get some of those books under your belt first, then write down why do you want to be a trader? The more explicit, the more incredibly vivid and colourful you can make that, the better. Start with that big goal. Because if you start with, oh yeah, I might one day dabble, that won't be enough to hold you in the market and keep your interest over time. You need that big objective. Listen to quality information. This podcast, my podcast, talkingtrading.com.au. Join a community Find a group of traders that can actually lead you on to the next step and work on your trading plan. Your entry, your exit, your position sizing, they are the core elements of every trading system. Your trading plan wraps around that like a blanket. It's like that business plan that tells you what are you going to do with your trades when you go on holidays and if you're sick for a long period of time, who's going to open your account and close you out? It teaches you Mm. all of the specifics you need to know. Now, I'm not sure whether your people do have trading plans and what they're doing with those but if you want my trading plan template i release my personal trading plan template it's an area that i'm incredibly passionate about if you go to my website tradinggame.com.au tradinggame.com.au you can register and get my trading plan template that's the place to start because the gaps in your knowledge will be revealed through that template And heck, you know, I'm happy to assist. Even if you send me an email personally, of course I'm happy to assist. This is my drug. This is what I live for. This is something that the markets can't do. Provide me with that people contact that gets me going.
0: I think your point about a community is uh, really interesting. So Lucio, who was on our podcast talking, this is an active trader, right? Mm. What he does every day. He gave up work. Um, invest full-time people loved hearing from him he loved it he's really passionate about it and one of the things that he said was most valuable for him was finding a group of other people oh, who yes. are also doing the same and so and he said they go and catch up down at the beach or they go on holidays together they share ideas it was really cool actually yeah. and many people have come back to us with feedback about that going that would be the thing that would be most valuable to me because it's lonely sitting Yeah, one yeah. of the lovely things about working in a in a working full stop right is that you have people around you so you get lots of social engagement whereas if you were sitting in a room trading by yourself even if it's a beautiful room you might feel quite lonely Mm. um and you're obviously on your own with your decisions as well so being able to test your decisions with other people and and share ideas i think is It's quite a brilliant
1: idea. Exactly. You do need an unreasonable friend. You need somebody to say, (laughs) look, you know, what are you doing, Gemma? Don't you realise you're repeating this theme? Here we go again. You you need somebody Mm. to be able to have that in touch with your heart but also standing strong type of person to be able to guide you because sometimes we can't see our own errors. We can't see our mistakes. It takes people from the outside to shine a spotlight on those mistakes so that they can help you get out of your own way so you can make some money.
0: It's a, one of the things Lucio said as well, which I think is quite fun, is they're quite competitive with each other. Mm. Um, I find this is a thing that blokes really love, is a, <laughs> you do a bit of a competition <laughs> to see who's got the better ideas and who's making a little bit more money than others. But the value of competition is it, you know, it forces you to raise your game and think sharper, which I think is quite cool. I think there are people for whom that's really, really beneficial. So it's, um, it's a great idea. On the flip side, do you have clients, do you talk to people where you go, I appreciate your enthusiasm. I like what you're saying, but this is just not right for you. You should be in an index fund. You should be just going for something really simple right now. That's the right path for you. I hear what you're
1: saying. Look, I think I'm going to hark back to the wonderful words of Ed Sakosha, who is an amazing trader. He practically owns Lake Tahoe. He said yeah. that for somebody to do well in the markets, he or she must want to trade. They love the trading arena. Yeah. You know, it's a, that's number one. And number two, mm. he or she must love to win. Now, some people don't. (laughs) Some people find this to be Mm. complicated, maybe even boring, maybe something that they just don't want to head towards. So that would count them out of the do they love the markets, do they love to trade. But what about the winning Mm. side? Some people are so nice guy-ish that they don't realise that unless they harness that inner I can do this and I can roar – part of themselves then they're not going to make it either it's a personal motivation aspect so for sure there are some people that don't fulfill those characteristics and they're the ones that should shy away but I can tell you if you're listening to this podcast for goodness sake, you're not that person. You're curious, you're already (laughs) interested, you're focused and you're using some of your downtime, some of your leisure time, whether you're at the gym, maybe you're walking the dog, maybe you're down the beach, you're using your own leisure time to explore an area that you have that inkling. I think it can move me on to the next step. And if that's who you are and you squash that, if you repress that, you are going to regret that for the rest of your life. You've got a light that is saying, I'm a traitor. Something inside you is saying that I'm not prepared to associate with the people that don't have that drive. I don't want to just be normal. I want to be different. And really, I mean- that's what we're after. We're after people who have that fire in their belly that burn to achieve and whether it's driven from need which is always tricky because money does flee need so that detachment needs to kick in sooner or later or whether it's because there's a carrot something that you want desperately that's what drives the trader's heart and makes a trader stick in in there when things are getting rough because things do get rough
0: I think um, you make a really interesting point. So there'd be plenty of people listening to this who are really, really passionate about trading. There's also plenty of people who listen who are much more suited to the investment category where it's a bit more slow and steady. They're not going to be making active decisions every day and so on. And being able to differentiate which one you are is incredibly important. Mm. <laughs> you don't want to be on the wrong side. If you're really sad about not being active in the markets, then you should be trading. But if you are really anxious about trading the markets, you should be on the investing side.
1: Yeah, that um, is a good point. Mentioned- I tend to mingle the two, actually Gemma. I do mingle the two because I think anybody who is investing should still be involved enough to say when are they wrong and get out at that point so that to me, that's a trader's mindset, I don't actually know whether there are any investors, you know those people that BHP it, they buy, hold and pray, that (laughs) that's (laughs) not in my world, I don't understand (laughs) that, I only understand the let's go for this and let's be very scientific about our methods and disciplined so that we will enter and exit and
0: position size according to our own trading plan. You've mentioned a couple of times about detachment, which is really interesting. It's not something we actively talk about. Do you suggest that people actively track their performance? One of the things I find with individual investors is they have a feel for how they're going, but they're not actively tracking their performance relative to benchmark, for example. Or to the point that Lucio and I I were discussing – a market benchmark may be completely irrelevant for you because you may have an absolute return benchmark or you may need to meet your family's expenses or whatever it might be. So what the market is doing may not be the most relevant factor for you, but do you suggest that people track what they're doing actively, uh, quarterly? How do you suggest people Mm. both keep on top of what they're doing and and know whether it's working but also not obsess?
1: Yes. Well, I think there is an adage that this is my systems tester came up with this one. So I can't even claim responsibility. My (laughs) systems tester, Scott Lowther, he told me at one stage, you can only get what the market is prepared to give. Now, that to me is really good because sometimes I see my traders forcing trades they go well I need to cover the mortgage so then I'm going to trade this because I know that will do it and that's the worst possible way to progress that need and then expecting the market to provide it's almost like the kid with its hand out for pocket money it doesn't work that way with the financial (laughs) markets at all so yes you, you do need to measure you need to Find out what your performance is and not compare yourself to others. That fear of missing out has driven so many poor trading decisions. I can't tell you. You need to work Mm. out where you're at. Firstly, your first goal should be to break even. So if you've educated yourself, let's say you're doing everything that I've suggested, you've shown that you're a good student, you've read the books, you've listened to the podcasts, you've found the community, you've found the mentor, you've done what they've said that they're saying to do once you've done that then usually most people take around about a year to break even now after that everything else is gravy you could have a year where you make 120 percent but the next year you make three percent the market's quite lumpy, so you can't always say that you're going to have that consistent return. In fact, I don't know any trader that gets a downright consistent return. It just doesn't seem to work that way. So definitely measure, but don't get obsessed. I think what you've mentioned there is quite right, Gemma. I have some traders looking at the, their equity curves like every minute. It's not going to no, move. No. It's like that watched kettle never boils, you know. Yeah, the yeah. so, yeah, market's closed. It's not, it's yeah, to... yeah, like settle yeah. down, take a deep breath. And the other thing mm. I, I do think with this is that if you write when you're going to look, it's, it's something that you can actually determine and pop into your Google Calendar and refuse to look at in between times. So, mm. probably, if you're measuring more than weekly and looking at your results more than weekly, it's possible you'd have a problem.
0: Mm. And just start creating anxiety for yourself. Yes, or alternatively uh, sort of over inflate your sense of success. It was quite interesting, certainly, uh, you're both in Melbourne, I'm based in Sydney, and you would have seen the same thing I did, I think, which is you know people who are, rate themselves as incredibly successful property investors based on a boom that was completely independent of their decision-making. Exactly. They just had really good timing, yeah. which was often, again, completely independent of their decision-making. They just happened to have money to invest at the right time. Um, Don't confuse brains with a bull market. <laughs> mm. That was exactly what I was trying to say. <laughs> it, you know, it's really difficult. You know, when things are going really well, you feel like a genius. Mm. Um, But the risk of that is then when things turn, A, you haven't got the skills to turn it around or you're not willing to recognize that maybe it wasn't you who made all the brilliant decisions in the first place. Mm. Uh, And secondly, you may believe that things are going to go on forever, which is probably a greater risk.
1: Yes, and I do think there is a lot to be said for measurement for keeping you on track. You know, one of the studies—I've got four years of psychology behind me, actually. I've got a psychology degree, and I, I still love all of the psychological tests, and and I do run mm. my own traders through the proverbial maze, <laughs> poor darlings. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I found with weight loss, and we do draw a lot of our habit formation abilities through the weight loss industry, because it's just so good to get samples of people (laughs) who are (laughs) trying to lose weight. (laughs) Exactly. So two things from the weight loss industry is firstly, those who weigh themselves every day end up either maintaining or losing the weight that they want it's interesting to see it's because we self-monitor beautifully so if we've eaten Mm. a lot the day before and we realize oh we've gone up by you know 400 grams there oh we'd better Mm. take it a little bit more easily today and perhaps you know do what we need to do add more exercise or take in fewer calories so that measurement can help so we do end up self-regulating if we have the right data And the other aspect from the weight loss industry, just while I'm on on weight loss as the topic, (laughs) is weight loss, they've found that some of the statements that people use as self-talk can really be beneficial. And one of them is, is there's a statement, if, then. So if the evil donut bringer brings around donuts in the office, then I will smile, not look at the donuts, keep eye contact with the evil donut bringer and say, thank you, but I don't feel like one. You know, that if then. So if, Mm. for a trader, if I lose 25% or more of my capital, then I will stop entering new positions and consult a higher authority. So a lot mm. of people are using me and my business partner, Chris Tate, as that higher authority, like what have, what's what gone wrong here? You know, Do I need mm. to course correct? Or is this all still okay? You know, so that mm. type of if-then statement borrowed from the weight loss industry is invaluable.
0: So we're talking about the psychology of investing and mm. markets are made up of many participants. That's the whole point of them. The biggest challenge I find, and I know... Many other people have this too. In many cases, you're trying to pick investor sentiment rather than looking at the fundamentals. So I've heard it said uh, more than once of really smart people, often professional fund managers managing billions of dollars, exceptional at the analytics. And people say they're great at the numbers, but they're not great at reading the market. Mm. They're not great at reading what other people who are less obsessed with numbers might be doing. Do you think good trading is a lot about getting a feel for other people? rather
1: than the numbers themselves. Mm, That's a good point. I do find I don't use fundamentals at all, just as a spoiler alert there. (laughs) (laughs) So I am purely a technical trader. So the reason why Mm. I'm a technical trader is for exactly that purpose. I like to see where people are putting their money and the way to do that is in a chart. So I think there's two Mm. types of psychology in the market. The first one is between your own ears. So what's happening in your brain? What are you thinking about? How are you approaching this? Are you being professional? What's your money mindset? The other type of psychology in the markets is that we need to think about the groups of people who are investing. So what Mm. are they doing? Is a stock in favour? Do we have a lot of people who are already involved and keen on that stock? And the way to do Mm. that is to look at the candles. So are there Mm. more green candles than red? Green being the colour of growth, showing that a lot of people are involved with that trade. And that's what we're after. We're after the technical indicators to show us, are people falling in love with this stock or do they hate its guts?
0: (laughs) I've never heard it described that way, although a a soon-to-be-published podcast guest recently described a a CEO as blowing his brains out on debt. So there's lots of strong language (laughs) in the markets these days. Um, People feeling strongly about things. Do you use any fundamental analysis to to determine what to look at or are you just no. purely interested in the technical
1: no no i don't i don't use any fundamental analysis at all one of the things i love with nab trade you've got that fantastic real-time platform that you get when you've mm. yeah been a frequent trader no so, 20 minute delay yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i love that so you can watch a candle being born and then you can see it close off its life and it's quite quite a lovely experience seeing that all form in front of your very eyes so i don't use fundamental at all. It is completely a technical
0: analysis play. It's. A, I think that's very useful because we do have certainly a large number of traders who that is entirely their methodology and it's useful for people to hear that because we talk about fundamentals all the time and we forget that there are there are those who are just not interested. Mm. Much more interested in effectively what the market is doing and what segments of the market is doing and uh, and how you track that which is it's cool. Now what is your one tip uh, as we come to a close, what do for anyone who's listening who feels like they're going okay with their investments? And this might be someone who has never used technical analysis, so it might be a good place to start, mm. but really wants to ratchet things up a notch. You know, what's one simple thing they can do today or tomorrow to uh, feel like they're going to make more progress? Work on
1: your trading plan get it down on paper. None of this, Mm. pulling this out of your head and going on gut feel and shooting from the hip, none of that works. The market rewards people who are very specific, who are clean in their thoughts and who implement. So get it all on paper. I think most people, when they start in the markets, they think they're gonna be flying off the handle and woohoo and won't this be great and how exciting. No, the best traders are detached. They have everything down on paper. They are more like a scientist than what you think of as a floor trader. That's the key Mm. here. Being absolutely clear, 100% focused, calm and working on your trading plan as hard as you work on yourself.
0: So that point then that you're making about disciplines really interesting. It, um, it's not something we talk about in investing uh, perhaps as often as we should. It does. So it's not not just blokes running around in coloured vests with, uh, with tickets behind them and no. in their hands yelling
1: and carrying on. And frankly, my best traders are women. So statistically, yeah. women outperform the blokes in the market and they mm-hmm. end up having, a, from what, my my version of reality is I love it when I've got a female trader in front of me because she's apprehensive about how she's going to go and because of that she works her head off so that she's a good girly swat and her work shows <laughs> on paper some of the guys you know maybe not quite that way and so much more sure of themselves and i know i am generalizing but there is a, a lot of research to back that up that women are Underconfident in the market, they have a higher need to talk. They outperform the guys, but they are concerned that it's a male domain. Whereas men face the difficulties of overtrading, they're concerned yep. about the opinions of others and fall into shame. They quit more easily, and unfortunately, some of these things don't spell good trading habits. If you'd like to read further, there's a Barber and Odean paper you can research on that. Boys will mm. be boys. The difficulty of overconfident in trading with yeah, men, yeah with men, so I've yeah. Read it. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So I'm <laughs> I'm yeah, certainly I agree entirely, but it also yeah. you know you don't need a paper. No, you not have a chat to see. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely true. It's um, yeah, yeah. It's life is good like that, isn't it? <laughs> but it's really good for women who are anxious and apprehensive about joining joining the market and putting their money on the line. To know that, frankly, the characteristics that make you apprehensive are also the characteristics that are more likely to make you successful.
1: Completely, I love that level of conservatism. Much better than shooting from the hip.
0: <laughs> much better than crazy times. <laughs> Louise Bedford from the Trading Game. Thank you so much for joining me. People, you publish heaps of stuff, right? So you have books, you have uh, a podcast, you have all sorts of stuff on your website. Where do people go to keep up to date with what you're talking about and get more more of your insights?
1: come to tradinggame.com.au and register for my free trading plan template really from the flavor of our discussion today i wasn't sure which direction it was going to go in i love what we've got here Gemma. is that is the key everything that we've discussed today it's all leading you towards getting an effective bulletproof trading plan. So to pick up my own personal trading plan template tradinggame.com.au and because we're on a podcast, I know lots of podcast listeners love listening to other podcasts as well. I know that's unusual Gemma you'd think they'd only be there for you (laughs) but if you'd like another trading... No, 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 I've got about
0: five or six of mine. So do
1: I, I love them, I just find it's Mm. the best use of my downtime. So if If you'd like another podcast on trading and investing go to talkingtrading.com.au talkingtrading.com.au
0: Louise Bedford from The Trading Game thank you so much for joining me today thank you also so much for listening we love it when you tune in and we hope as always that this episode has been helpful for you on your journey to creating wealth if you have any feedback or suggestions for future topics i think we'll do some more on technical analysis we do love to hear from you so please just email us at yourwealthatnab.com.au i'm Gemma dale thanks for joining me thank you for listening to your wealth with Gemma dale to stay up to date please subscribe to this podcast series or email us at yourwealthatnab.com.au
1: please note that any advice provided in this podcast has been prepared without taking into account your objectives, financial circumstances or needs. Before acting, you should consider the appropriateness of the information. To find out more, please visit nab.com.au.